Good afternoon, Team QLI. My name is Steve Kirschke, and I have Nash Mahupete here. We are here to talk a little bit about voting and why it matters for the 2022 election. We are glad to be joined by a couple guests. We have Don Terry and Rondi Kinney. Uh, I'm going to take the opportunity to introduce Don Terry. I always know Don Terry as the mayor, but that's only because I get a chance to travel with him a little bit. But in all honesty, whenever I tra travel with Don, inevitably we meet someone that Don knows. And so a little fun fact about Don, he's pretty well connected. The other thing about Don is he's extremely into history, pretty, pretty often has a history book that he's reading, but he's pretty well read around the election. So Don, we're glad to have you here today. Good to be here. And Nash, I'll let you introduce Rondi. While you introduce the mayor, I'm going to introduce the mom. Uh, <laughs> Randy is somebody who has been a mainstay at QLI in many ways. I started in 2000, and she was a great mentor, great leader for me when I joined uh, Team QLI. She helped open up our uh, East Campus services, specifically our summit, as the then director of the summit. And uh, when she stepped down or back a little bit, uh, she, she remained within uh, East Campus as a social services uh, leader and continues to come to QLI, work with, uh, with our residents and with our team members teaching the history, the very important history of QLI. Uh, she's a person I consider to have sage wisdom and is very knowledgeable. Thanks for joining us, Randy. Thank and you. Done. Glad to be here. Well, before we jump in with questions, maybe I'd love to hear from the two of you. What what has gotten you interested in this topic in general? We have some some questions ready to go for you, but you know, in terms of politics and what what draws you to the topic overall? I guess I've been interested since I was in college, and you know, started following uh, campaigns, elections, and I remember the first time I voted, and back then you had to be twenty one. Mm -hmm. um, and just getting involved in campaigns. I just learned so much from the candidates and the process along the way. How about you, Don? I'm in a similar ilk. Uh, just the process of going to vote was interesting to me as a little kid in grade school. And these all these adults would come to your school and do something and then leave and get to learn what that was. And and uh, I got to vote my first, uh, it was a midterm election uh, that I got to vote. And it was not all it's cracked up to be, but I did it. And I will always uh, be in, one of those guys is, is you just should go vote and and go do it and and I did work on some campaigns uh, as well in in college and and uh, it also um, got to see both sides the good side and the not so good side of of campaigning and and uh, so I have steered clear of of any active participation in in the campaigning process but still uh, am very active in in knowing what candidates are standing for why they're um, running and um, participating in the election process. Amazing. Uh, just hearing the, the the perspective, I know you said uh, this history that I didn't even know that you had to be 21 to vote at some point. Um, so that's already educational in its own, it's in its own right. Um, seems like it's very, very important to me. I have my own reasons why I find it important uh, for me to uh, step up and vote. Um, but from your experience, why don't people go out and vote? I'll let you run, go Randy. Well, interestingly, when we were talking about how we got interested in in it ourselves, um, I can remember being five years old and going to the polls with my father. And um, I did never know how he voted. You know, it was not a big topic of discussion around our house, but somehow I knew that voting was important. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it is just what you're, what you uh, have been 
brought up to think is important. Um, so some people, you know, again, have not had that experience. Um, and I think also some people have trouble identifying with the candidates. They seem far away, untouchable, and that connection piece just isn't there. I think, yeah. I think add on? yeah, it's middle of the day. People work, people have kids, people dropping kids, dropping kids off at school. And um, if if you make it voting easier, which we have over the past several years, uh, voting by mail and registering online, I, I think it shows that um, the number of voters is going up, but people just find their vote may not count, they, they think, or they don't have time to do it. Um, our neighbor in Iowa, it's, you know, the Polls are open way later. And if you can't get to the polls, you can't get to the polls. You know, we're going to talk a little bit more about the details around it, but I, I'm interested in what is the, the mindset around voting? You, you know, you mentioned my vote might not count. And, you know, we were talking in, in preparation for this around just the responsibility that I heard uh, is ours as uh, citizens. Talk a little bit more about that. And, and, you know, why is it such an important responsibility and why is it a responsibility in and of itself? And, and what's the mindset? Yeah, I think it's a responsibility because um, in order to maintain our democracy, we all have to participate. And it's it's a, uh, you know, a nonviolent way of expressing yourself mm. and letting other people know what's important to you. So I think voting is just that number one step. It mm -hmm. obviously doesn't end with voting, but. <laughs> I never was explicitly told that you're supposed to vote. But you should vote and it comes with the territory of the good and the bad of governance that you you're voting for something that is meaningful to you. But if you're not voting, can you complain about it? I, I don't. Yes, you can. But it falls on ears because you haven't participated in the process. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's an important stance uh, that, that you, you brought up on. If you want to have a voice in something, um, then you should vote, which is what both of you said. And. Don't complain if you haven't exercised that vote uh, uh, and that voice uh, that you have. Um, so for people who are like, okay, I'll, I'll go out and, and vote. Um, how do we find that information out as to who these candidates are? Um, you know, how do I find out what they're standing on? How do I find out what they're running for? Uh, and what if I don't like any candidate that may be on a particular part of the ballot? How do I go about that? Don, you want to take that one first? Yeah, uh, there are two really great resources. The Douglas County Election Commission and the Nebraska's Secretary of State's websites have vast information about voting and how to register and um, sample ballots. Um, the, the, the Internet has been tremendous. You know, you can only get so many leaflets in your mail for candidates uh, that are actually useful. Uh, so researching the candidates, going to their website, finding out where they stand, the, their candidate's website is generally a great place because they they got all the time in the world to say what they want to say because it's not bought when it's 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 your time that you're investing in, in learning about that person. And you can always send them a question and, and generally they're going to answer you. Um, so taking the time to learn uh the issues where we still struggle is uh, issues on the ballot. The wording is complex. It's convoluted. It takes me 15 minutes uh, to fill out a ballot when it comes to amendments or constitution uh, issues that, that are on the ballot. And and I've you just got to read through it and read through it and read through it and then finally say yes or no. Awesome. Yeah, you're right. Those initiatives, the wording of those, because you're never sure if voting yes means yes or voting no means no. 
So I think that's a good point to be well prepared for those. Um, as, as maybe an unfamiliar voter might feel, how do you become prepared for that? What, what do you do if that just outside looking in and is a is a daunting experience potentially for you? Are there resources around that or or, it, you know, speaking to the audience who might fall in that category? What would you recommend? The uh, secretary of state's website five weeks before the election will will have an official sample ballot out mm. that has all of that wording and all of the candidates. Now, you're not going to vote for every single candidate um, because you're not in certain districts, whether it's local or, or state. Um, you just need to sort out where you live. And if you enter your address, I think it's the Douglas County Election Commission, you enter your address and it'll tell you what you can vote for from an office standpoint. Uh, Nebraska legislature, sheriff, uh, city council, all, everything that's involved in the, in the area which you live. And you can do research on, on every issue, every person. Um, the League of Women Voters puts out a guide where they have given all the candidates an opportunity to weigh in on the issues and um, just everything that is important. Um, it's also interesting to go to some of those resources and find who who uh, has responded and who hasn't responded because I don't know, it's if someone chooses not to take the time, then you might want to dig a little deeper on on who that person is. Mm -hmm. So this is a question for both of you or maybe any one of you, because I know, Don, you're pretty well involved in this. Uh, why did QLI have candidates out here? Uh, is there an attempt to influence team members to vote for one particular candidate or another? Well, uh, starting at the top, our, our leadership, Pat, has fielded questions from our staff on issues that are directly related to that race. And we've always had candidates come out to tour QLI um, on, a, on a state level. Um, and it seemed like a great race. It's pretty equally divided, uh, both by Republican and, and a Democrat and getting those, both of those candidates out to engage our staff and, and residents that vote, uh, was, was a, a great, uh, lead into the participative process of voting. Um, uh, but over the years back, even before we were founded, we've had candidates come out to QLI and, and learn about who we are, what we do, um, why we do what we do. And I think one of our big goals is for them to just hear a great story um, about uh, the services we provide and and uh, what our patients have overcome um, after a catastrophic injury. I feel like we owe it to the residents also um, to give them a chance to learn who the candidates are. So I think that is a very important um, thing for us to do. We both uh, mentioned several different resources. We'll be sure to put those in the show notes. Uh, so thank you for giving us some specifics. I think those are always nice. Anything else to add? Well, well I just discovered ballotready.org, mm, which okay. I thought was a very helpful resource as well. Great. I saw something also written, vote 411 or ballot 411. That has everything that you need on that as well. So yeah, like a little condensed version. I just saw it on the news the other day. Um, this and I did you ask the question, Nash, about what do you do if you don't like either candidate? How, how do you decide in that situation? How do you decide in that situation if if you think you don't like either one? And I guess I would encourage people to dig deeper because um, there is a choice. Obviously, if there's if there are two people running, um, I feel like it's it again is our our. Um, responsibility to decide who is going to represent us best because somebody's going to win that race. So 
it, you know, it's easy to say, I don't like either one, but that doesn't help us. So find out where people stand and which one matches what your beliefs are. You know, I was having this similar conversation with Michaela uh, this morning. You know, what do you do if you just absolutely don't know or you get to, you know, you show up in person and and you have the decision between two candidates who you just have no idea either one? Should you just guess and pick one or should you just leave it blank? What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are absolutely do not vote if you don't know mm. what you're voting for. That is a scary thought for me to think that anyone would be choosing when they don't have a reason. Mm. So I guess it's one of the reasons that I'm a fan of mail-in ballots because I can study my ballot. I can do the research. I can go back and forth. So. I found that the mail-in ballot takes away from my ability to uh, civically get involved. But I do have the time to actually read and and like, I don't know who that is. I got to go find out who that is. Um, so I don't put no or write in Don Terry. <laughs> <laughs> do not put in a fictional person. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Okay. So, so I can, not, not Mavis. <laughs> not Mavis, the QLI dog. <laughs> okay. Just, just so we don't buzz over this, just maybe very quickly, what are the ways to vote? Uh, you, you've alluded to mail-in. We've alluded it in person. Let's just make sure that our listeners know the the the, the ways to vote. Right. You can request a ballot uh, through the mail. Um and you can go to the you can actually go to the election commissioner's office before the election and vote in person if you you know really feel inclined to vote in person but can't go on election day or choose not to and then of course there's in person on election day i missed anything don mm -mm. so just so we make sure that our listeners don't miss important deadlines and are, and are clear on some really key details talk a little bit about what what are the deadlines for for uh, mail in uh, voting as well as just when, when is election day, uh, you know, and, and any other deadlines that maybe I'm missing. You do have to register before the third uh, Friday before the election, although you can still go in person to the election commissioner's office and um, register the second Friday mm -hmm. until 6 p.m. So that's yep. the deadline. Yep. for This year, that would be uh, Friday the 21st for registering online to vote. And of then... October, right? Okay. And then going into the Douglas County Election Commission and uh, registering in person is October 28th. And that is on 12220 Center Street. And we will have that in the election notes, uh, in, the, in the show, in notes, the show yeah. notes as well. Exactly. Um, we've been talking about, you know, the part of uh, some of the candidates and some of the things that we see. Um, politics seems a little bit dirty. Right. Um, when you turn on your TV, one person is attacking another, another person is attacking another. Uh, how do I know exactly who that person is without just trying to listen to the other person attacking? How do I go and see who that candidate is uh, to find out who I'm going to be voting for? Most candidates debate one another, and those debates are usually televised or they're reprinted. Um, either, you know, newspaper, online. So you can look at questions that are asked, answers that are given. Um, yeah, I agree that they're, the attack ads make the candidates look like um, they're people that they're not. And unfortunately, um, that does get votes. The, the negative ads have 
have shown to work, I'm sorry to say. So that's they're probably not going to go away. Yeah, District 2 is a, a shiny example of uh, Citizens United uh, decision on unlimited campaign dollars flowing into states that have no connection to the state. Um, the, the attack ads for Vargas and Bacon aren't really vote for Vargas or vote for Bacon. They're actually vote against Vargas or vote against Bacon. Well, just for my own uh, interest, who, where does, where does the money come from? Who's paying for those and, and why? And and talk a little bit about the the landscape for ads and, and just dollars being thrown around. The transparency has gotten better that they actually have to say who's paying for the ad. Uh, I think it was George W. Bush's election year where you could just buy anything, dark money, and you didn't have to say who was paying for it. Now you actually have to disclose uh, what pack is paying for that ad space that's a negative attack ad, or a, for sometimes it's a positive um, ad for a candidate. Uh, but that's a, a, a big difficulty with that Citizens United uh, decision where basically the Supreme Court said you're impeding free speech by not allowing anybody to donate any amount of money to any particular campaign uh, spending. And for that, we have millions of dollars coming into Nebraska, which is nice that it's being spent here, but it's not getting people to come to the polls. It doesn't sound like it's not also with, without its consequences if we have special interests paying for these ads as well. Yep. Right. These are, you know, political action committees that have their own interests. They don't really care who the person is. They want their interests met and they they think they're supporting the person who will most likely vote in their favor. Mm -hmm. And this particular race is uh, a hot race in this nation for uh, voting power in the Congress and the Senate. Uh, District 2 is is one of the national uh, races, and that's why so much money is coming into for and against. Mm -hmm. So given this is about our community, this is about our city, our state, when we're going in and trying to assert our voices, um, what's missing throughout this process and what do you wish for uh, for our community, for Omaha, uh, when it comes to this elect electoral process? What's missing and what do you hope for? I think the, the um, national uh, races have gotten away from the door knocking. Um, there's only there's so many houses uh, you get down to the the local races and they're in your neighborhood. They're they're banging on your door and saying hello. And I, I think that's what's been missing. Uh, the problem with that is there's only so much time in the day and only so much resources that those candidates can can uh, spend. I think that's a good point, Don, because um, that door knocking allows you to actually talk to a person. And even if that person isn't going to vote the same way that you are or that you would like them to, you're going to connect with them and learn ways that you are very similar. And, and in that process, I think you make advancement in making our, our society better. Mm -hmm. so, well, I think you were telling before we started that you just got done doing that. Yes. No, what, just what, real quick. What's that experience like? What is it? Well, I've, for years, I I don't know if I've missed a political campaign that I haven't gone door to door for somebody mm. just because I feel like that is helping the process. And so if there's a candidate that you support and you can um, offer to go canvas with them, you are given a uh, some of their brochures and you go go to the you usually use a voter registration list so that you know that you're knocking on doors of people who are registered to vote and you've you actually can tell what their history is if they're uh, um, if there's a good chance they're going to vote or 
or if they're persuadable. So you have a little bit of information before you knock on the door and you know that know their names and uh, just gives you a chance to connect with people. And, mm -hmm. and there's usually um, a central issue in almost everybody's campaign that is you know different for both candidates. But when you get to the core of discussing what the issue is, you'll find that there are many similarities even in two mm -hmm. different parties. Mm -hmm. So so it doesn't necessarily matter what you what you identify as. Uh, it's really about the conversation that you have around it. And, you know, it's not so black and white is what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. I think that's what the benefit is of mm -hmm. the canvassing is it gives you a chance to really learn about people. Great. Well, we're going to try to keep this short today. So just to wrap things up, first of all, we probably should have mentioned this out of the gate, but I think both of you have done an amazing job of giving us, you know, the facts, uh, keeping it um, unbiased, right? And and I've really enjoyed this discussion, but, you know, uh, Nash, you and I are talking about, you know, what's the so what of this? And in your mind, what's the so what? I think, uh, first of all, this is not a topic that you'll find in many businesses when it comes to people saying, let's talk about this. This is one of those don't talk about it. But the amazing thing about QLI is we are willing to always have a conversation. So thank you for coming both uh, to, to, to the podcast and sharing with our listeners. Um, so I think leaving today, um, one of the things is we want to encourage people to get registered to vote. It's this Friday to get your registration in, like uh, Don and Randy shared, um, and exercise your voice. I think um, we cannot have a voice unless we are willing to assert it and share it, and we cannot speak up um, when it's too late. You know, so this is the time now. Uh, exercise your voice, your freedom, your liberties, and also let's continue the conversations that we're having right now. So thank you very much for coming today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.